no such thing as ugly win. Just there's wins and there's losses, and the losses are ugly and the wins are beautiful. CCR 86, November 18th, 2009. This edition of Cat Crave Radio is brought to you by the Panthers Outlaw Forum, the place for uncensored, no-holds-barred Carolina Panthers discussion. If you're ready for an honest discussion of your Carolina Panthers, visit the Panthers Outlaw Forum at sillyangel.proboards.com. CCR. D'Angelo Williams, 30, 25, 10, 5, hot stop! Maybe Nam's in the building. Still on a mission, though. Still on a mission. Welcome to the show created and produced by fans for the fans of the Carolina Panthers. This is Cat Crave Radio. Coming up in this episode, we are joined by Charlotte Observer columnist Tom Sorensen. We go all the way to the UK as we check around the web. Nick Yeoman is back to give us the fans' perspective. And we have a recap of the victory over the Falcons. Snap spot from Kanan. The kick is away from Elam. And it is good. Operating first and goal from the one-yard line. Tight line splits. I backs. It's Stewart who thuds into the line. And he is got a touchdown. One back, D'Angelo Williams. DeLome to throw. Fires it in zone right side. Steve Smith makes the catch. Penalty markers down. Touchdown. Carolina Pitt. He was interfered with and still caught the ball for the touchdown. Pitch left side. Snelling cut back. Touchdown. Third and goal from the four-yard line. DeLome trying to thread the ball into the needle of the end zone, and he does that for a touchdown. Yeah, I think he's Steve hurt. Smith. Haley and Snelling. Here's Ryan. Play action, rolling back to the right. Matt's going to throw. Touchdown, Justin Peel. They're going to go for two, as you might expect. Down two points. Gonzalez, tight end, lines up on the right. Ryan on the back pedal, looking right all the way. Throwing, Snelling right flat, bobbles it, recatches it, and gets pummeled at the three-yard line. Here is a run play. Left side, Stewart. Stewart, nice job, 30. He's down the left side, 20, 15, 10, 5. It's a touchdown. Final score, Carolina 28, Atlanta 19. Now, buckle your chin straps because it's time for kickoff. Here is your host for CCR, John White. It may not have been so pretty, but it's a win, and the Carolina Panthers will take it. Welcome to another edition of Cad Crave Radio. Thanks for making us a part of your day. The victory over Atlanta on Sunday was a classic example of good news, bad news. First, the good news. D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart combined for 174 yards with Stewart putting up two touchdowns. Jake didn't throw an interception for the third straight game and put up two touchdowns of his own. Both of those TDs went to Steve Smith, who apparently is an asset again. Finally, the defense picked off Matt Ryan twice. Now the bad news. Michael Turner posted 111 yards on the ground and did it before 21 minutes had ticked off the game clock. He left with an injury and didn't return. Thomas Davis's injury was obviously a problem for the defense all day against the run, but quite possibly one of the most damaging things that could have happened did happen. The team's all-pro starting left tackle Jordan Gross was carted off the field in the second quarter with a broken ankle. He was placed on injured reserve on Tuesday and is now lost for the season. It's a big win, but we have to accept this one with our eye also on the loss of Gross and the impact that it's going to have on us going forward, especially considering that Travell Wharton, the normal starting left guard, will have to move outside to take his place. So, how are the fans feeling after this big win? 
Hello. 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 Who's there? It's time for Panthers fans to sound off. Track Save Radio. This is uh, K7 Roger. As always, enjoy listening to the show. Uh, great win, but of course, we can probably count five or six things that we need to work on. But the major thing is the uh, defense without Davis gave up a lot of yards. Hope they get that fixed. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for calling K7 Roger. We appreciate it, and thanks for listening. It's funny. When the team loses, we get a bunch of calls. But just let the team win. And then we're all over the web begging people to call us. I mean, it's odd, isn't it? If you want to tell us what's on your mind, call us on the Cat Crave Radio hotline at 206-350-9673 and leave a message. We'll use it right here on the show. Talk to us about the team or the show. Tell us how you feel about Jake, Fox, or just call us to let off a little steam. The number is 206-350-9673. The victory over Atlanta was critical. There's no way to catch New Orleans. I mean, the Panthers are still five games back of the division leaders, but now they're only one game back of the Falcons for second place, and they're three up on the Bucks. Every game becomes more and more important down the stretch. I mean, this team is still in the hunt for a wild card spot, but now it's a short week as they prepare for a Thursday night showdown in Bank of America Stadium with the Miami Dolphins. Hey! What's this lying around? Shit? What? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is! Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now. Because when the going gets tough... The toughs get going! Who's with me? Let's go! Come on! It's time now for the Panther preview, and just like Bluto says, it ain't over. No, it's not over. Joining us for the preview, it's Nick Yeoman. Nick, you know what ain't over. It's never over, John. You never know with this team. So, no, it's not over until it's over. And the Panthers, hey, they just keep fighting back. They're hanging in there and, and picking up wins that you and I don't see them picking up all the time. <laughs> well, let's hope it continues to pick up because it was a win. That's great. That's wonderful. But let me ask you just how sick were you to see our all-pro $60 million plus dollar guy left tackle laying on the field and being carted off. Oh, jeez. I, I, I felt like my ankle was broken. That's what I felt. It was, <laughs> it's awful. And that is a loss that, you know what, we, we don't know how that's going to affect this team. It, it can't help this team. I mean, let's not, let's not get around here. Nothing good's going to come of Jordan Gross going down other than there's going to be a younger guy that's going to get to step up and get some playing time. But nowhere on that offensive line has the talent and the ability of Jordan Gross. And, and yeah, absolutely sick to my stomach, as I'm sure, uh, you know, thousands of Panthers fans were as well. It's, that is a tough loss, and, and you just hate to see him go down because he's such a good guy on this team, always sticking up for Jake DeLome and, and, uh, and really, he's a team-first player, even though he signed that monster contract in the offseason. So that is going to be a tough spot to fill. We'll see if it's McKenzie Bernardo that moves around and, 
Duke Robinson, Travell Warden's going to move around. It's going to be interesting. They're going to have to uh, they're going to have to get creative to say the least because nobody uh, brings to the table what Jordan Gross did. Well, it's like going back two years because last year they finally got him moved to the left side, and prior to that, the season before, it was Travell Wharton at left tackle, and I can recall a time or 20 when, you know, fans were complaining, you know, the guy's a, he's a swinging door out there at left tackle, and he's going to get Jake killed, so, you know, let's just hope that Travell gets it together. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to have to really pick up his game. Well, yeah, that's the nice thing about Travell is he is versatile. You can move him around either guard spot, either tackle spot. It's just, you know, what positions does he play really well at? That doesn't mean he plays really well at all positions. He's a versatile guy, but uh, we'll see. He is. There's going to be a lot on his plate, and, and in a short week, too, to have to, to have to fill in. That's the one concern. I mean, we're going to talk about the Miami game later, but that's the one concern is, is boy, how does this offensive line uh, pick up for what Jordan Gross is leaving off with the injury in just four or five days? Okay, now I'm not asking the next question. I'm going to let uh, Jim Mora ask you the next question. You ready? Yeah, okay. Yeah, tell Jim uh, I'm ready. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Play, playoffs? Yeah, of course. Of course. This team's got a chance. Hey, we're, you know, we're four and five. You're right in there. You're right in the race. This NFC playoff race, it's just so wide open right now with teams like Philadelphia slipping a bit. The Falcons have lost three and four. And you've got teams that, you know, everyone thought maybe Green Bay and Chicago would be uh, teams that can compete with Minnesota in the north. They've slipped a little bit. So it is wide open. And as bad as the start of the season was for the Carolina Panthers, Four and five puts you right in the hunt, one game out of both of the wild card spots. So, yeah, it's a possibility. I don't want to make a prediction yet, John, but uh, Jim Mora, he, he, he's questioning if the team can make the playoffs. I think they got a shot. They've certainly uh, they put themselves in position. Now it comes down to whether they can take care of the next three games, which are very winnable, and then that tough stretch, those last four games against New England and Minnesota, New Orleans, and the Giants. That's where this team is going to yeah, they're going to make their money if, if they want to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think all the second place teams in the NFC have all they they've got this AFC West mentality this year. Unfortunately, well, actually, fortunate for us, but. Let's go back to that Atlanta game from Sunday, and let's throw around some grades. We'll start with the defense. I'll give the defense an A. I think the defense played fairly well, forcing the turnovers on Matt Ryan. Obviously, a little disappointed in the third quarter. That's the one thing that, that I take away that I didn't really like, a little lackluster. But for the most part, I thought the defense played really well. They came up with big plays when they needed to. I mean, Atlanta got quite a few opportunities when the offense sputtered in the second half. Atlanta got quite a few opportunities to go down and, and try to take the lead. And, you know, the Richard Marshall interception, the stop on the two-point conversion, I thought it was solid. So I'm going to give the defense an A. And finally, we'll let you grade the offense. The offense, I'm going to give a B. I didn't think they it was their best game, but, boy, they were efficient when they needed to be. Jake DeLome, two touchdowns, no interceptions. The running game, was it, it was iffy at times, but they also broke, uh, broke open a few long runs. Steve Smith, they got him the football, so I'm going to give the defense a B. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, coming up, we're going to have our conversation with Tom Sorensen and... We head across the pond for a new perspective on the Panthers. Up next, Nick and I are going to be previewing the showdown with Miami. What's on your mind? Email us at catcraveradio at gmail.com. Again, that's catcraveradio at gmail.com. 
CCR continues in a moment. Hey, Jack, you got a sec? Jack, your hair's on fire. Yeah, I know. I, I just need to finish the sales report and then I'll lie down for a bit. But shouldn't I... No, I'll be fine. You wouldn't ignore this, so why ignore the signs of a stroke? If you or someone you know suddenly has trouble speaking, seeing, or walking, call 911 right away, because time lost is brain lost. To find out more, visit www.strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE. This message brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. It's time once again for the game that's sweeping the nation. It's time for Boomer Bust, and joining us to play the game, it's Nick Yeoman bringing his awesomeness to the game. Nick, are you ready to play? Uh, I sure am, John. We're going to start you off with the matchup of Frank Gore versus the Packers. I think Frank Gore is a bust this weekend. That Green Bay defense, they look really good uh, and almost shut out the Dallas Cowboys. I think they're going to be able to limit the big playability that Gore has and force him into a weekend bust. Drew Brees versus the Bucks. Oh, I just don't see how Tampa Bay can, can slow down Drew Brees and the New Orleans passing attack. A kid believes good enough to take one of the Saints' targets out of the equation, but there's just so many guys that Drew Brees can throw to. There is no way he is not a boom this Sunday. Marion Barber versus the Redskins. Yeah, the Redskins. So much for the idea that, that paying Albert Haynes worth $100 million is going to help your run defense. I know there are a lot of problems in Washington, but 125 rushing yards per game, 24th worst in the league, doesn't help that cause. I expect Mary and the Barbarian to run wild over the skins. Peyton Manning versus the Ravens. Well, we saw vintage Peyton Manning last Sunday night in that incredible comfort behind win over the Patriots. I know that the Ravens' defense is coming off a shutout win, but that shutout win was against Brady Quinn, not Peyton Manning. So I expect the great play to continue for Manning. Historically, he owns Baltimore. I think he booms. Chad Ochocinco with his dollar bills versus the Raiders. See, I don't see Ochocinco having that great of a game against Oakland. The Raiders... Fourth in the NFL in passing touchdowns allowed, and it's not like Chad is really you know, on a roll coming into this game. Since the Bengals week eight by week, he's gone two games without a touchdown, so I expect that to continue. Ocho Cinco is a bust. Tom Brady versus the Jets. Well, Brady had a fantastic game last weekend against the Colts. Uh, three touchdowns, 375 yards, but they came up short in the bid for the win. That means that whoever stands in front of Brady next is in trouble. It happens to be the struggling Jets. So you see where I'm going with this one. Brady will boom. Now on to our matchup, the Panthers versus the Dolphins. We'll start with the guy who used to have the dreads, Ricky Williams versus our Panthers defense. Well, with Ronnie Brown being out, the role for Ricky Williams this Thursday is now even bigger. It's going to be interesting to see how much wildcat formation we see but Williams is going to get a lot of carries. And because of that, I think he puts up some pretty good numbers and booms against the Panthers. It's a Williams versus Williams in this game. Also, D'Angelo versus the Dolphins' defense. Yeah, after a slow start this season, D'Angelo was coming on strong. In his first four games, he averaged 55 yards per game. In his next five, he's averaged 128 yards per game. That's a pickup of 73 yards per game. So it's safe to say he is really hitting his stride, which is what every Panthers fan desperately wants to see. The Dolphins aren't too bad against the run, but I think D'Angelo still gets his numbers. He will boom. Chad Henney 
versus the Panthers. I think the Carolina secondary and the schemes that Ron Meeks is going to throw at opponents, especially like young quarterbacks and Chad Henney, is going to be a little too much. Richard Marshall, Chris Gamble, Sherrod Martin, these guys are all making plays with big interceptions, and I expect them to grab at least two off of Chad Henney if and only if Tony Sperano goes to the air that much. If the running game is working for Miami, then Henny's not going to have to throw the ball much. But either way, he's not going to put up boom-like numbers. He'll be a bust. Finally, Jake DeLome versus the Dolphins. You know, nowadays, Jake DeLome doesn't do anything quietly. And after some of the miserable performances we saw in the past eight months, it's pretty uh, understandable as to why he's under such a microscope. However, quietly, Jake DeLome has gone three games without a pick. And I know it's shocking But when you consider Miami is 27th in the league against the pass, I'm going to take a flyer and say Jake will boom. But a lot of it depends on how often he can get the ball to number 89, who's going to have a couple rookie cornerbacks chasing him. Cats are sleeping with dogs suddenly. (laughs) John and Kate are back together, and so are Jake and Nick. (laughs) I can't can't, can't bust on them every week, John. I'll give them a boom this week. (laughs) Well, Nick, we do appreciate you bringing your awesomeness back to the game with us this week. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Hey, this is Jonathan Stewart, and you're listening to Cat Crave Radio. And welcome back. Time now for part two of the Panther Preview. This is where we actually do a preview. Maybe it's a bad name for the segment, but okay, it's it's time to actually preview and look ahead to um, a very quick turnaround and time for the Dolphins to head into Charlotte to take on our Panthers, and we'll see who comes out of that game at 500. Still with us is Nick Yeoman. Nick, well, maybe both teams got bad news about their teams. They lost some key players. We're without Jordan Gross. The Dolphins are going to come into this game without Ronnie Brown. So how does that impact the Wildcat? I mean, does that mean fewer Wildcat plays, or does it just mean more Pat White? I I think it's going to have to mean fewer Wildcat plays, which is great for the Panthers because that means... That means Chad Henney has to beat you, and that means Ricky Williams is going to have to beat you as, as a single back in a single back formation. I I think that's a huge loss for Miami to lose Ronnie Brown because uh, while Ricky Williams and Pat White can come in and do their thing uh, in the Wildcat formation, it was designed for Ronnie Brown to uh, to really tear some defenses apart. So it's tough for the Panthers to lose Jordan Gross, but I think in this game, especially with a short week to prepare, I think losing Ronnie Brown is huge for the Dolphins. I don't know if they have enough faith that Pat White can come in and, and run that uh, run the, the Wildcat formation with a ton of success because he is a rookie. Let's hope not because I've seen this team in a lot of their standard formations without that Wildcat, and it's at times they've looked a little disjointed. I hope it kind of works that way in our favor. But on the flip side, their defense, kind of a shock, actually. And because of some of the injuries, these guys have now had to start relying on two starting rookie cornerbacks. They've got Vontae Davis and Sean Smith, a first and a second rounder, respectively, for this game. We've got two rookie cornerbacks going up against two of the most experienced uh, wide receivers out there in Moose and in Smitty. Wow, this has got to have those two guys just licking their chops waiting for Thursday night. Oh, I, I can't imagine how pumped up Steve Smith is to, to attack a, a rookie cornerback 
Uh, and Moose, and you mentioned Moose is going to have. I expect him to have a big impact as well. You know, coming off that injury, he saw a lot of balls come his way against Atlanta. So yeah, Moose is going to do his thing. He's going to use that veteran mentality. You can't use the speed anymore, but he's going to find places across the middle to get open. And you just know Steve Smith, whether you hit him on a bubble screen, uh, one of those, you know, they set up the screen in the backfield where he can shake one of those cornerbacks, or whether he just flat out uh, beats them with a well-timed, uh, speedy route down the field. Uh, you know, absolutely. Absolutely, licking his chops to get out there and, and uh, hopefully wreak havoc against that uh, young, inexperienced Miami secondary. Yeah, and maybe we'll even work a little bit underneath those guys. Let's let's just hope that works to our advantage as well. I see a couple of things that can work to our advantage in this game, and I'm hoping one thing, if nothing else, that gets our team motivated going into this 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 matchup. If you look back last year, the Dolphins won 11 games and won their division. Panthers won their division with 12 wins. But here's the thing. Coming into the 09 season, who gets more primetime games on the original schedule? The Dolphins. They have four. Carolina has three. I mean, is it is it just me, or do you feel as if, even after that season that the Panthers had last year, that they still don't get the respect? I mean, are these players, you, you think they got to be coming in going, hey, you know, we're the Rodney Dangerfields here? Well, I, I think the fans can. I think a lot of fans are going to have that perspective as to why doesn't this team get a lot of respect. But I think, A, I think the players need to come in with the mentality, all right, hey, let's look at the standings. Let's look at what we still have a chance to do, which is make the playoffs. And they need to take advantage of that. And, and you got to realize, you know what, primetime games are primetime games. You'd love to get them, but a lot of it has to do with the market size and, and the you know the size of the fan base. So, uh, you know, I think the, the, the players have to be focused on, on what's at hand, which is beating the Dolphins, getting back into that playoff race. Don't worry about, about getting the, playing the respect card. That's not something they need to re- worry about right now. And, and to be honest with you, the, the Panthers historically have yet to put together a back-to-back season, which is something you and I aren't too proud to say. Um, so I think a lot of times those, those markets are probably thinking, well, Panthers had a great year, but we, we've seen that they haven't been able to keep it up. So nothing that the team needs to worry about this Thursday, though. They just got to take care of business and, and just pick up a win and get back into the playoff race. Well, we've talked about that wildcat already, but our defense coming in, I think uh, the last I checked we were ranked 24th, so in the bottom nine in the league against the run and facing a team that – well, their offense is run-oriented. I mean, that's what they do. They're a run-first team with a very young quarterback. How is our defense going to stack up against this Dolphins offense? Well, I'm not sure. And you mentioned it, strength on strength. It doesn't work in the Panthers' favor. Obviously, Thomas Davis being out, is that, that could be that could really hurt. But I think it all comes back to the Ronnie Brown thing. I mean, Ronnie Brown being out, or if he plays, he's not going to be 100%. He, he, without him, I don't think that the Dolphins can run this wildcat formation effectively. If they do... And if it works out early on, they start running it and they're finding success, you just got to play sound football. It's like, you know, trying to cover the triple option uh, in college football where, where, you know, like a team like Army running all the time. You just got to have a man on a man. You got to play well-assigned and, and sound football and defense, and everyone's got to know where they need to be. It's, it's, not a, it's not an easy offense to stop, but uh, if you can force them out of it, whether it be by because they don't have the right personnel out there or because, uh, you know, your, your run defense steps it up, that'll really hurt their chances on offense but then our offense against their defense they've got well a fairly stout statistically a fairly stout run defense we we've talked about their pass defense the two rookies starting at corner i think they're 27th against the pass coming into this one 
So maybe we could take advantage of their pass defense, but we're going to have to do a little work with our offense uh, to get the running game going. So how are we going to stack up that way? Well, I think you got you got to approach it at balance. you got to find balance on that offense. And, you know, they showed last week against Atlanta uh, that, you know what, they can rely on Jake DeLome to throw the ball and, and not throw any interceptions quietly. You know, don't tell anybody three uh, games without throwing an interception. So, um, you know, you just got to approach it with a balanced mentality and, and come out and run the ball a little bit, throw the ball a little bit. Maybe just keep the defense on their heels, but it's not going to be easy, especially with losing Jordan Gross. It's going to be interesting to see what that offensive line does, moving guys around. But if they're not able to open those holes, you got to find creative ways to get Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams the ball because we've seen, we saw it last week, we've seen it in the last couple of years, those two are explosive weapons, and you got to get them the ball somehow. So whether it be by a screen pass, whether it's a delayed handoff where you can let the tackles or the, the defensive ends, you know, blow by the tackles and you just slip one behind them, uh, you got to find ways to get them the ball if they want to find success. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm still wanting that Buffalo game back. But the team has won four out of six coming into this. Big Thursday night tilt on the network nobody has in their home. And let's just see how confident you are, like any other Panthers fan, going into this one. What's your prediction? I am confident. And first of all, I'm absolutely with that Buffalo game, boy. If it comes down to a game or two uh, late in the season, that, that's going to be one that we're looking at. Is Oh, darn it, wish we could have had that one back. But, no, I think the Panthers can win. I think they will win this Thursday. I think playing at home is going to be big. Uh, the crowd actually made some noise, which is record. Bank of America Stadium made some noise and provided a nice home field advantage against Atlanta. So hopefully that will work into their favor. And, and I just think without Ronnie Brown, I don't think this Miami offense can hurt the Panthers' defense. I really just don't see it. Whether it's Pat White or Chad Henney, a quarterback, I just don't see how they're going to be able to put up enough points. And, and maybe their strengths on defense will work well against our strengths on offense, but I think they more cancel each other out. And I think Steve Smith, Moussin Muhammad, I think the passing game uh, provides the spark this Panthers team needs. And I think they pick up the win, John. Well, can we talk you into sticking around then for the, uh, the Pick'em segment later on? Yeah, sure thing. This is Cat Crave Radio. We are joined now by Tom Sorensen. You all know Tom from the Charlotte Observer. Tom, as always, thanks for joining us. Anytime. Enjoy doing the show. Tom, I know it's great to get the win over Atlanta on Sunday, but you, you kind of come out of there with a W and you also come out with a loss, and that's Jordan Gross. Big, big loss for this team. I mean, can they recover from that? You know, they lost Thomas Davis previous week and they played uh, you know reasonably well on defense uh, grosso you know he's a leader uh more than more than davis was uh jordan's a leader and he, he's uh somebody he's the best of the line and he's somebody the other guys look up to uh he's been one of jake's biggest defenders you know publicly even when everybody else is down on jake or saying nothing jordan's always in his corner and uh, i just think he's he's one of the most important people on the team if you're identifying the, the, the key players he's certainly one of them and it supersedes what he does in the field. He just, you know, he's in the locker room. Uh, he's just one of those guys. I would see him at training camp staying late and showing a guy who had no chance to make the team uh, a particular technique. And uh, it's, a, it's a huge loss. Well, you know him about as well as anybody outside of the locker room. Um, you, I know you've spent a lot of time around him. Is he handling this okay? I haven't had a chance to talk to him uh, since he got hurt, so I don't know. I mean... You know, how does anybody handle it? It's just is you know, you the season starts miserably and then suddenly it's 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 good. And you're an integral part of that and then you're gone. 
you know, this is a guy who, who undersized, but, but technique is so solid. He's quick. Uh, he practiced karate and martial arts when he was coming up, growing up. And he uh, just is somebody who I don't remember ever really being hurt. Now, um, to go through it, especially now when the, when they're, you know, playing well, it, you know, it's, 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 it's tough. Well, I know he'd only missed one game prior to this in his career, so this would be a, a big blow for him. But, And he had been a defender, as you said. He had defended Jake uh, tooth and nail all season, had said that, you know, that's his quarterback. It's a guy that he supports. Jake had struggled, but in the last three games, he seems to slowly be coming around. And then they try this hurry-up against the Falcons. Do you think maybe using that hurry-up, could that, I don't know, maybe they're overthinking sometimes. Do you think that just sort of lets you go with the flow of the game? Is that kind of what Jake needed all along, do you think? Yeah, because Jake played well against New Orleans. I mean, you know, Jared dropped a long pass, and and D'Angelo dropped a touchdown pass, and Steve Smith lost a pass, and the the garish dome lights. But it it was, it's something that that Jake can do. I mean, I remember talking to Josh McCown, and he said, the one thing he knew about Jake coming in is Jake was around the league was considered one of the best of the two-minute quarterbacks, and it's it's almost a two-minute offense. It's a, you know, they ran it at the end of the first half against Dallas, and Jake hit Rosario. If I remember right, with such a jump pass, and uh, I, I think it's good for Jake. I think it's good for them. I mean, I just against New Orleans, it was so safe. It was yeah, you know, I was sitting there watching, and it was offensive how how you just can't run third down all the time. And this time, you know, they, they came out and they passed and they they mixed up the run, they mixed up the pass, and it was, uh, you know, it was impressive performances. I wasn't expecting it. I thought that there's some losses that, that count more than others, and I thought the Saints was one of them. And I did not expect them to to rally from that loss the way they did. And I, I was really impressed with, with the work they did against the last. It's funny, I, anybody that I talk to, you know, who, who covers the league nationally, they... They always knock Jake, and most people knock Jake. The fans have been down on the guy all season. Some of the local media, they've been down on Jake uh, a lot this, this season. But the one guy that I still don't think is getting the, the, the credit that he's due, and that's D'Angelo Williams. I mean, don't you feel that, especially the way he played last season and the fact that he is showing up now in a big way, I mean, that he has established himself at least as a, a top-five running back in the NFL? Yeah, certainly you put him up there with, you know, Adrian Peterson is the, the prototype. I mean, he's number one. And after that, you know, is it Jones Drew? Is it Johnson up in Tennessee? Is it D'Angelo? You can make a case for all of them. D'Angelo certainly, after a slow start, it's, it's established that he's, he's elite. And he had one run yesterday that just, he, he makes runs that most guys can't make. And he breaks tackles, and he's not terribly fast. I mean, he's not a speedster. But what, to me, what distinguishes him is his balance. And it's like he's always ready to, to turn that four-yard gain into a 40-yard gain. You know, he's always poised to do that. Not at the expense of his team. He's not trying to hit a home run every time. He just uh, he just has something, a really neat quality, and, it, and, it, and it's rare. And then, uh, you know, you bring Stewart in as a, as a counterpunch, and it's uh, it, it's nice. But it, it, that's not enough. You have to pass. And uh, Boy Sin was impressed me yesterday. He was uh, he had a really nice game. In retrospect, uh, you know, I wrote about it this morning. I would have mentioned him because he uh, he uh, he did something. And it really kind of bothers me too. I mean, D'Angelo is such an infectious guy. Anyway, almost always smiling, and you know, on the practice field, he's he's kind of the joker, the guy that's keeping everybody loose. And it, I mean, it, it's always great to know that he's around. But 
and in this organization, it's I, I know that at the beginning of the season, actually just before the season got started, big changes with Jerry Richardson. Well, in effect, letting his sons both go from the organization, asking for their resignations. Do you think that that we we've seen the has the team or the organization recovered from that? I mean, have they have they put all of that behind them now? Well, I, I, no. I mean, they're still working that out. But you know, neither John nor Mark had anything to do with football. Neither of them ever made a football decision. John ran the physical structure, the plant, the field, and Mark ran the business. But you know, they had nothing to do with football, and that's uh, a lot of fans, for whatever reason, couldn't accept that. So, from a football standpoint, they weren't a factor. Just from a, a business standpoint, certainly they were, but uh, they seem to be humming right along. And uh, you know, it's about winning. Um, I've got a friend who makes his living selling tickets, and uh, he said that uh, tickets to the Washington game, the Atlanta game, were really hard to come by. Now, here's a team that's struggling; they're coming off the tough loss in New Orleans, and. Uh, not get a lower level seat unless you knew somebody for the or willing to pay a lot of money for it for the Atlanta game. Mm-hmm. Business wise, are doing well, and, and football wise, you know they they could have beaten New Orleans and uh, uh, you know good game against Arizona, and obviously they're good against Atlanta, so they uh, you know there's hope. Well, let me give you a couple of statements. I'll I'll throw something at you. You just tell me if you agree or disagree, and and why. I want to start you off with speaking of Jordan Gross, the loss of Jordan Gross is more damaging to the team right now than the loss of Thomas Davis? Uh, yes, yes, because they were deep at linebacker. And if, I do not want to minimize the loss of Davis in any way, but they're deep at linebacker. And gross just for leadership qualities, I think, uh, as well as for his ability on the field, I think that, yeah, the uh, loss of gross is greater. And I'll throw you one more. Charles Godfrey has likely lost his starting job due to injury to Sherrod Martin. Absolutely. Yeah, they uh, they got to find in the rookie. And, you know, it's not being in the right place at the right time. Sometimes it's a break, but sometimes it's just instinct. And uh, he's another guy, just this infectious enthusiasm, and he's really playing well. Good-sized, uh, good speed, and uh, he I, I can't envision him leaving that lineup. Well, I know he's definitely made an impact. I think three interceptions now in two games, so looking pretty sharp. Well, Tom, uh, we really do appreciate you being with us this week, taking some time to uh, to talk to us in a, in a very short week, getting ready for Miami. Good, and thank you. I always enjoy doing this. Set me on. You can't hear us on the radio, but we can be heard worldwide across the web. We are CCR, the fansided.com sports network. You play to win the game. Where diehard fans dish out nonstop news and views on their favorite teams. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Fandom has no offseason. So he sucks you guys right in. So consider yourself sucked. Neither do we. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown them. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Fansided.com the number one pro sports blog network on the internet. It's time to pick some games. Still with us, Mr. Nick Yeoman. Nick, last week, 8-7. and seven. Boy, you, you really flirted with disaster uh, going into Monday night. Uh, overall for the season, 94-50. and 50. Are you ready to pick some games, sir? Yeah, let's do it. That overall record doesn't sound too bad, but uh, let's... let's... Let's not beat around the bush. The last couple of weeks have been kind of rough. Been a little rough, but you still got plenty of time. And uh, hey, you know you're well above 500. Uh, we'll start you off 
with Steelers and Chiefs. Yeah, well, one of these teams lost last week and the other won, and I bet you wouldn't have picked the Steelers as that team that lost and the Chiefs as the team that won. I think the Steelers, though, bounce back and perhaps maybe rediscover their running game and route to a win over Kansas City. Niners and Packers. Yeah, both of these teams trying to keep pace in the NFC wildcard race and both picked up big wins last weekend. San Francisco beat Chicago on Thursday, and I think the long layoff could hurt them. Green Bay, of course, I mean, they risk a letdown after that upset win against Dallas, but I think home field advantage should be enough to get the Packers that win. I think they win and improve to 6-4. and four. Browns and Lions. Well, if, if two 1-8 teams play each other and nobody watches or cares, did it really happen? I, I, don't, I don't know what the answer is, but I do think Detroit is a much better 1-8 team, if that's even possible. The Lions, you know, they put up a fight in a lot of their losses while Cleveland coming off a shutout loss against the Ravens. So I'm going to take Detroit. Saints and Bucks. Well, last week New Orleans got much more of a game than I think anyone expected the St. Louis Rams to give them, but I think that should be enough to wake them up and get the Saints focused. The nice thing is that they get Tampa Bay now, who is struggling almost as bad as the Rams are, so expect the Saints come out strong, especially in that first quarter, and put this one away early. We'll be scoreboard watching Falcons and Giants. Yeah, both of these teams need a win badly. They're going to be a team hanging with Carolina for the playoff race. Atlanta's lost three of four. The Giants have lost four straight. So both need to figure something out pretty quickly. I think the bye week probably did the Giants some good. I think they can uh, dig deep. They can get refocused while Atlanta kind of licking the wounds from that Panthers game. So I expect the G-Men to pick up the victory. Bills and Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars are just one game out of the wild card spot right now in the AFC, and I honestly don't know how. Now, the fact that their five wins have been against the Texans, the Rams, the Titans, the Chiefs, and the Jets, that probably factors in and explains it more. But they get another stinker in Buffalo who fired head coach Nick Jaron this week. So give me Jacksonville to pick up win number six. Redskins and Cowboys. Well, here's another game that features a team that surprisingly won last week and another team that surprisingly lost. I think Dallas bounces back, though. Washington certainly caught some breaks and that went over Denver. A uh, Denver team that we're quickly finding out probably isn't as good as we all thought. So I'm going to take the Cowboys for the win. I think they extend that lead in the NFC East. Seahawks and Vikings. Boy, it looks like another rough season for the Seattle Seahawks. And as for the Vikings, is it too early to start throwing Brett Favre's name in the MVP talk? I mean, you look at his numbers compared to the previous years that he won the MVP award, and his stats are even better this year. So I think Brett Favre plays big. Uh, he hits Sidney Rice for a couple big plays, and I think he leads Minnesota to another win. The Colts and Ravens. Well, the Colts are 7-2 and two all time against the Ravens, and a big reason of that, uh, that record is so one-sided is the fact that Peyton Manning and the Colts offense, they don't fear the Ravens' defense. They've been called soft. Many people uh, think they know what the weakness is on that Colts offense, but every year they're cranking out 12 wins, and boy, it appears that they could be headed for a few more, a few more than that this year. I expect them. I think they'll get a good challenge from Baltimore, but Manning to Wayne is going to be a little too much. I think the Colts get another win. Cardinals and Rams. Well, it really looks like the Cardinals are going to run away with the NFC West. They are the most Jekyll and Hyde team I think I've ever seen, but when they put it all together, they are a tough team to beat. And I don't see San Francisco, Seattle, and especially their opponent this Sunday, the Rams, catching them. So uh, give me the Cardinals in a landslide. Jets and Patriots. Yeah, Bill Belichick made an uncharacteristically bad decision against Indianapolis last Sunday night, which means he and every one of his players going to be focused they're going to have a great game plan, and they're probably going to take the field against the Jets a little ticked off. That's not good for New York, who have lost four out of five games. And after Sunday, I expect that to continue five out of six. Give me the Patriots. Bengals and Raiders. 
The Bengals are for real. There is no doubt about it, and the Raiders are bad. There's no doubt about that. So I'm going to take Cincy on the road. And my prediction, my big prediction, is that Tom Cable loses his job next week. I think all Al Davis needed was the Buffalo Bills to, to drop the hammer on Dick Duron to start the coaching carousel. So I think the Raiders lose, and my upset special, Tom Cable doesn't have a job. Chargers and Broncos. Boy, these, these two teams just seem to be heading in completely different directions right now. Denver's dropped three in a row while San Diego is one four, four straight. So a lot has happened since Denver beat San Diego in week six. I expect the Chargers to continue rolling and send the Broncos spiraling out of control with another loss. Eagles and Bears. Well, speaking of teams that might be spiraling out of control, the Chicago Bears seem to have no direction, no leadership. I think losing Brian Urlacher hurt that defense in one way and has hurt this team in another way. I think Philadelphia's defense, I think they make it really rough on Jay Cutler, who's having a, an up-and-down season, and I, I think the Eagles pick up another win. Titans and Texans. Well, Tennessee's a scary team right now. They struggled early with Buffalo and proceeded to just tear them apart in the second half. Uh, I think they extend that winning streak to four straight over Houston. Chris Johnson is putting up some monster numbers this year despite the less-than-stellar season. So I think he leads the boys from Nashville to another win, and let's just hope Bud Adams can keep his middle fingers to himself. And we'll do it again, Dolphins and Panthers. Yeah, I like the Panthers. I think a balanced offensive attack is going to be enough, and, and I just don't see that Wildcat offense getting off the ground. So maybe the Panthers can stick it to old man Dan Henning. I think they pick up a win, John. We will continue to keep score, Nick, and we do appreciate you, as always, picking the games for us. All right, John. Hopefully these ones are good. Hey, it is what it is. And what it is is CCR. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, John White. Hey, we've added a new method for you to stay in touch with us. You can now call us on the Cat Crave Radio hotline at 206-350-9673. Call us and leave a message. We'd like to hear your thoughts on the team or the show. Good, bad, and different. We don't care. We just want to hear what's on your mind. Call us at 206-350-9673. You've got mail. It's time to take a trip around the web to check the pulse of Panther Nation. All right, guys, this is Elliot. I'm from, um, you might know me from YouTube. I do a show called NFL Review UK, my friend Matt. And we talk mainly about the Panthers and the Giants in Matt's sports and just anything in general in the NFL. I just want to come on here and quickly talk about the Panthers and where I think we are, where I think we're heading. Uh, first of all, obviously, the Falcons game. I thought we were team played absolutely great. Running game was pretty good. Um, it was good to see uh, Jonathan Stewart get in the end zone a couple of times. Uh, that'll do well for his confidence going into the weeks ahead. And Jake obviously played really good. And um, the big stat with that was obviously the no interceptions. And I think the only problem with Jake and the team itself is the consistency factor. And I think Jake that people have is kind of his consistency and the team's consistency. But I think against um, Miami on Thursday, we have a chance to prove that Panthers can be consistent, and Jake can be consistent and can play well, especially Miami's pretty terrible pass defense. They're ranked 27th because they're allowing uh, nearly 240 yards in the game. So Jake definitely has a chance to kind of prove himself as that great player. But um, in terms of like the playoffs and going forwards, we've got, um, we're sitting at 4-5, and five, and there's a number of 5-4 and four teams. But fortunately for us this week, the uh, Falcons are playing the Giants and the 49ers are playing Green Bay. So... Um, that means there'll be a few teams, hopefully if a couple of them lose, then we'll um, be at 5-5 five and five with both those teams. 
So I think a wild card spot is definitely up for grabs. Like I think the Saints have definitely got the South, but if we can aim for that wild card spot, I think the only thing we've got to be concerned about is the schedule because I think uh, if you look at the schedule, we've got uh, obviously the Dolphins this week, which should be should be good. We should win that game. I'm like statistic wise, I think we're beating them anyway. But it's just the case of with obviously Jordan Gross out, and then uh, Jets. Jets will be a hard game, but I think we could hopefully win that one. Then we had uh, is Tampa Bay, and then uh, got to win that one. That should be a definite win. And then, but then you look at the last four games of the season, and it's like it's a horrible side to look at. We've got Patriots, Vikings, Giants, Saints. So um, that Giants game will be huge. And, and I think as long as we play as well as we have, as well as we did against the Falcons, as long as Jake throws it to our team and not their team, I'm, I'm not a Jake hater kind of thing. I think, he, I think he can play well when he wants to. I think we're going to see how the run plays out against Miami, see how um, the last Jordan Gross is going to affect it. But I think if we play as well as we did against Atlanta, then we should be fine. And I think the wild card spot is hopefully... A realistic goal. So yeah, that's how I think the Pants are doing. Um, once again, if you want to check out our YouTube page, go on to youtube.com slash NFLReviewUK. And then there's links to our Twitter site in there as well, where we tweet a lot on game day during the games. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Go Panthers. You know, I don't think I've been this down after a win since the victory over the Bucks. Now, this victory gives us a shot. After starting 0-3, that's about all we could hope for. But losing Jordan Gross? Ouch, babe. Oh yeah, hey, I want to point out a statistic this week. You know, all those interceptions we've been complaining about all season, hold the phone for just a minute. We may have a new winner, or two. Jake DeLome started the season with 13 picks in his first six games. But since that time, he has settled down, and he hasn't had one intercepted now in three straight. And now he suddenly got company. After a Thursday night beatdown, Jake Cutler now leads the league in most of the Western Hemisphere in this dubious statistical category with 17 picks on the year. I'm no math major or statistical wizard, but I think that's more than Jake. And finally, that quarterback everybody's been patting on the back since he came into the league last year, Matt Ryan, has 12 on the year, only one less than Jake. Shoot, Ryan has looked downright, dare I say, human? Matty Ice, indeed. Somebody dropped him in the deep freeze, apparently. You want to know what I'm getting at? Look, no pun intended, but I'll let that cat out of the bag now. I'm no Jake basher. I'm also no Jake apologist. I personally think he's a solid NFL quarterback, provided you give him a solid running game and only ask him to throw 20 times or less during a game. But I thought Jake Cutler was supposed to be the savior in Chicago, right? I mean, the Bears gave up a lot to get him. They mortgaged their future to acquire the guy. And Matt Ryan, well, he's having himself one heck of a sophomore season, isn't he? The Iceman has 10 interceptions over his last five games, while Cutler the Savior has 12 interceptions in his last five games. You know, I'm glad Jake is playing better. We need him to. But if for no other reason, maybe it gives all of us a chance to sit back and enjoy the horror of a couple of other quarterbacks tossing it to the wrong team. Will good Jake be back on Thursday night? Look, the Dolphins' secondary is young and inexperienced, and that likely gives us a matchup of Smitty versus a rookie cornerback. You keep him on track, along with double trouble and improve the run D, and you've got a recipe for victory. My prediction? I hesitate to pick Carolina. They only seem to win when I pick against them, but... 
Carolina 24, Miami 13. I want to thank Tom Sorensen for taking time to talk with us. Tom's columns can be found in the Charlotte Observer. My appreciation to Elliot Ford for his participation. Be sure to check him out on YouTube by searching for NFL Review UK. And as always, my thanks to Nick Yeoman for providing us with his awesomeness. Nick, the show just would not be the same without you. Nick's videos can be located by searching for Big Nick 2700 on YouTube. And don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter. We're listed there as Cat Crave Radio, of course. And be sure to call us with your thoughts on the team or your thoughts on the show on the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673. I'm John White. Thanks again for listening. We hope to be back inside of your listening device once again next week with another edition of Cat Crave Radio. In a world dominated by media giants and conglomerates, there is a little show that dares to reach for greatness. And we promise to keep reaching as long as there's someone listening. Never fear, CCR will return. Your Panthers crew will return in one week with another assault on the World Wide Web. All material, copyright 2009, Cat Crave Radio. Stand and cheer for the Panthers. In our grand old day, nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina for a Panther football game.